Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. What's in your diary? What are you going back to? Praise reports? Victories? God's grace? God's help? Remembering answered prayers? Go back to that. Write your story with God, not with Satan. Don't let the enemy of your soul write your story and read from his edition. No, let God write it with you. Today's message from Pastor Ed is on the topic of joy. Joy is a word easier said than felt many times. Pastor Ed asks a good question. What memories are we clinging to and allowing to shape our lives? Are we hung up on bitterness and self-pity? Or are we allowing ourselves to forget those things and focus instead on the encounters with God, the progress in our faith, and the people who have helped shape us in a positive way? If we focus on the latter, we can then allow joy to permeate our mood. Now, here's Pastor Ed in the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 3, with part one of his message entitled, Give Thanks with a Joyful Heart. In the book of Philippians, again and again and again, the Apostle Paul is going to talk about joy. Turn to chapter 1, verse 3, in the book of Philippians. Paul's writing this book from a prison cell. And prison cells of his day were not like prison cells today. They were had a stench. They would have been cold and even damp. They would have been cramped quarters. There were no human rights groups marching for the rights of prisoners. In Philippians chapter 1, Beginning to read with verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now, being confident of this, that he, who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, for whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Give thanks with a joyful heart. That's the title of the message two pastor's wives had gotten together and they were sewing their husband's pants. They were repairing those pants. One was sewing And she began to say, you know, my husband is so discouraged. He's lost just his desire to serve in the ministry. And things aren't going well. And the other woman said, my husband is just the opposite. 
He's never been as joyful, never been as enthusiastic, never been as excited as he is right now. And the two women kept on sewing, one sewing the seat of the pants and the other sewing the knees. To serve God is not a joy killer. It should be joyful, no matter what the circumstances we find ourselves in. A little two-year-old was learning to pray. And she prayed, God, you are good, you are great, and you are fun. Well, there's a great deal of good theology in that. God doesn't take the joy out of life. I remember visiting two women, older women, who were shut-ins. Now, one woman lived in a house with about 1,500 square feet. Oh, it was large, it was nice. She had a backyard, uh, she had a nice basement, but she always complained. I want a bigger house, I want a better neighborhood. She was never happy. The other woman I would visit lived in government-subsidized housing. I suppose her apartment was about 500 square feet. But she was so happy. She said, oh, Pastor, I enjoy my little apartment. It's so nice and cozy here, and my table and my chairs, and, and I have my little library over here. And Paul the Apostle talks about being thankful with a grateful heart. Do you remember when he was in Philippi? Thrown into jail, beaten, falsely accused, he takes out the songbook, the hymn book, and begins singing praises to God with Silas. Now, it's about 10 years later, Paul finds himself in prison once again. And many believe it's a Roman prison cell that he's in now. Paul hasn't lost his song. He hasn't lost his note of praise. It's been said, man cannot find true essential joy anywhere but in his relationship to God. Oswald Chambers said that. Joy ceases to be joy when it ceases to be in the Lord. It's in the Lord that we have joy. Happiness depends on your circumstances. Joy is a gift from God. Oswald Chambers said, the joy that Jesus gives is the result of our disposition being at one with his own disposition. The joy that Jesus gives is the result of our disposition being at one with his own disposition. In other words, the more we are like Jesus Christ, the more we allow him to live in and through us, the greater our capacity to enjoy this life, the greater our capacity to enjoy all of the circumstances that come our way. Now, Paul the Apostle gives thanks with a joyful heart for three things in this passage of Scripture. The first thing that he does is he gives thanks for his remembrance of those at Philippi. In verses 3 to 4, I thank my God every time I remember you. 
In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Now, notice the biblical text. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. In all likelihood, Paul carried on the Jewish tradition of praying three times a day. And I could imagine Paul with a prayer list. He had founded various churches. He had shared the gospel with various people, groups. And I'm sure he had a prayer list. And maybe on Friday was his day to pray for Philippi. But whenever he prayed for them, he prayed with great joy and thanksgiving in his heart. You know, it's good to have set times of prayer. And those times of prayer should include thanking God for the people that he's brought into your lives. That's what Paul is doing at this moment. He's praying with a thankful heart. Now, Paul practices what he preaches. Paul, years before, said to the Thessalonians, In 1 Thessalonians 5, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What's God's will for your life? It doesn't have to be something that you search for, mystically wondering what it is. No, no, it's real concrete. It's real down to earth. It's real practical. Give thanks. Rejoice in the Lord. Pray always without ceasing. Have this continuous attitude of prayer. You may be driving in the car and suddenly you begin praying. You may be out walking in your community and you just begin praying. You may be working and on a break and your heart and mind goes to the Lord. Prayer should be something that we continually do. Not only at set times, but Paul the Apostle practiced What the psalmist talked about. When I'll enter into his gates, I enter in with thanksgiving. Now, that doesn't always mean you feel like giving thanks. It doesn't always mean that you feel joyful. Sometimes you just go and you thank him. And you rejoice in him. And you prime the well. And the joy begins to come. Because sometimes circumstances are not joyful. Circumstances are difficult. But in spite of what the circumstances are, you determine that you're going to rejoice in the Lord. You're going to enter his courts with thanksgiving. Now, Paul the Apostle did not have an easy time in Philippi. You remember the story in Acts chapter 16? In Acts chapter 16, remember their abuse of Paul? He freed a slave girl from demonic powers. And when he freed that slave girl from demonic powers, they began to speak harshly and criticize him and threw him into prison. There they beat him. He encountered shame. But Paul had a selective memory. He chose to remember the good and let the bad just fall by the wayside. He chose to remember the blessings and what God was doing in his midst in those difficult days, and he praised God for that. Some people get fixated on 
Something that happened 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. Some difficulty. And they carry it with them all through the journey of life. And it's like a giant backpack on back of them, weighing them down, sapping them of the joy of the Lord. Paul wouldn't do that. He had experienced physical pain. He had experienced emotional abuse. He had experienced angry words said at him. He could have harbored them, nursed them, continually thought about them, but he chose not to. He had a selective memory. What are you remembering? All of us along life's journey have been wronged. Maybe someone's lied or slandered you. They've cheated you. You've experienced unjust criticism or painful situations. Well, that's part of the journey of life. That's part of the condition of this world. That's what the stuff of life is made up of. But when Paul looks back over his life, he looks back not with the eyes of unbelief, but with the eyes of faith. And when the eyes of faith look back over life, they see what God was doing. They see how God brought good out of bad. How God works all things together for good to those that love him. Remember Joseph, all that he suffered, the patriarch in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis, betrayed by his brothers. When he tried to live a moral and a good life, he was falsely accused of making advances towards his master's wife. Listen to what Joseph says in Genesis chapter 41, verse 51. Joseph named his firstborn son Manasseh and said, It's because God has made me to forget all my trouble and all my father's household. God will do that for you. He'll help you to remember his gracious hand, his deliverance. It's important to practice selective memory. But you say, Pastor, I remember what she said, what he did. Well, let me ask you, when God looks at you, how does he remember you? Does he remember you according to all the sin that you've done and all the wrong that you've done and all the failures and flaws? No, he sees you through the blood of his son. And he accepts you. Well, why not be like God? And remember people the way he remembers them. Someone has said, Oscar Wilde actually said, memory is a diary that we all carry about with us. Memory is a diary we all carry about with us. What's in your diary? What are you going back to? Praise reports, victories, God's grace, God's help, remembering answered prayers. Ah, Go back to that. Write your story with God, not with Satan. Don't let the enemy of your soul write your story and read from his edition. No, let God write it with you. And watch how God will use the most difficult circumstances for his good and for his glory and for your benefit. 
We're to thankfully remember those in our past. Someone who helped you along the way. Someone who prayed for you. Someone who stood in the gap and encouraged you. Someone who was there to help you. There's a lot of people like that in my life. I could think of my home church. I could think of people along the Christian way who have been there. Why not think about them this week? Why not take out a list of people who have been a blessing to you and for a moment just begin to thank God for them? Maybe it was a pastor. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it was the person who led you to Christ. But just take time and thank God. Now he thought and he thanked God for his relationship with them. He thanked God for them and now he thanks God for his relationship with them. In verses 5 and then 7 and 8. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now, Paul's relationship to those at Philippi was that of the founding pastor. But he saw them as workers together with him in the kingdom of God. They participated. Uh, they received the good news and they embraced the good news and they forwarded the good news. It wasn't a matter of just hearing and receiving. It was a matter of hearing and receiving and giving out. And Whenever we enter into a relationship within the kingdom of God, within the church, and we work with one another side by side, heart to heart, hand to hand, as we work together, there's incredible joy. Only in obedience can we discover the great joy of the will of God. In God's will, there is joy, whether it's in a prison cell or a mission field. Whether it's in a difficult situation or a triumphant situation. That doesn't depend. That doesn't determine our joy. It's that relationship with God. Now, he expounds here in these verses and explains the basis of his thanksgiving for the people of God. He reflects on their participation and their partnership. Their participation and their partnership. Their participation, in verse 5, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. The Greek word koinonia is used there. And oftentimes we think of that word in terms of fellowship. And in some context, it especially means fellowship. But here, it especially means to participate, to be a partner. It's like Paul was saying, you're involved in the gospel business, the advancing of the kingdom of God. When you get saved, when you receive Christ, don't you want to tell your friends and tell your family and tell your neighbors? Don't you want others to know what you know, what you've experienced? That's what's happening. Paul is saying, I'm excited about your involvement in the kingdom enterprise. James and John were involved and Andrew were involved in the fishing business. They were partners there. Now they're partners in the kingdom of God, advancing this kingdom. Remember when God opened Lydia's heart, she opened her home. She 
had studies there and the church met there and she ministered to the needs of the saints. Remember when the Philippian jailer was saved in Acts chapter 16? Immediately he began to bind up the wounds and the bruises of Paul and Silas and began to minister to them. They were involved from the very beginning of Paul's ministry in his financial support. And all through the years they never stopped supporting him. From time to time, missionaries will thank us for the fact that we support them week after week and month after month and year after year. It's a joy to know that people are helping you accomplish the will of God. And when we participate in giving and working, VBS this coming week, there's going to be workers working together to make this successful. In the church, there are people who will open their homes for home group Bible studies and others who will facilitate those home group Bible studies. For those who will volunteer in our Christian school, for those who will volunteer to work in the youth group and all those areas of ministry in our church, we are together, coin and AI, fellowshipping. Fellowshipping is more than a cup of coffee at Starbucks or a latte. It's more than just time in the restaurant conversing with a brother in the Lord or a sister in the Lord. No, it's, it's working together, doing something together. There's a tremendous unity that's formed as people take a missions trip together. And that's why we offer those opportunities for our young people where they have an opportunity to go overseas and they never forget that experience. They never forget that moment and that time together as they work together to promote the gospel. And Paul is saying, you have participated in the furthering of the gospel. Ralph P. Martin said, the sign of our professed love for the gospel is the measure of sacrifice we are prepared to make in order to help its progress. Now, the second thing, when he thinks about these believers and he, he's grateful for his relationship with them, is they're partakers of the grace of God with him. They are participants, but now they're partakers. Uh, look at the biblical text, verses 7 and 8. For it's only right for me to feel this way about you because I have you in my heart. Since both in my imprisonment and my defense and the confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of grace with me. For God is my witness, how I long for you with the affection of Jesus Christ. What Paul, I believe, is specifically referring to here is the special grace that God gave him to handle suffering. The suffering of persecution, the suffering of jail, the suffering of rejection. There were some in Philippi who were being put in prison because of the gospel. There were some who were being persecuted because of their faith. And there was this commonality that they had as they recognized the grace given to them to endure that suffering. And they stood with him in prayer and in support. And so... They were also, in a sense, recipients of that grace, that strength, that favor of God bestowed upon them. It was more than just their common salvation that they, he's talking about here. I believe it's the fact that in the midst of trials and suffering, 
they too didn't back up, didn't step down, didn't turn away. They continued to do the will and the work of God. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. This is a wonderful truth taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 6. And as trying times enter into your life, it's important to continually keep this at the forefront of your thoughts. Each day here on Voice of Faith, Pastor Ed will be teaching verse by verse through Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. To stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith, subscribe to our Twitter feed at VOF Radio 1. Again, to follow the Voice of Faith Twitter feed or to access the archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Voice of Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Voice of Faith.